Okay. I think I'm done here because I think this is now the new Bachelorette. It was a pleasure watching this show with you guys. I hope my commentary entertained you on some level. And, yeah, don't feel bad about sex. Your kinks are beautiful. Being a virgin is great. And penis-vagina intercourse is just one form of sex. Welcome to Bachelor First Impression, the show where I force someone who has never watched The Bachelor to watch an episode of The Bachelor. They record their first impressions. Someone has to fix his um, jawline, the razor. It's a bit swanky. And then we talk about it. I'm more direct. If I want a man to serve me, I will tell him exactly what he needs to do. My guest today is Lady Isabel Ivy. She's a certified Kundalini instructor and professional dominatrix. I did voiceover work and I was narrating a series that was a Fifty Shades of Grey series and I just kept stopping every like couple pages to masturbate because it was so hot to me. Like the BDSM scenes were just like so hot and I was like, oh, but finding out that there was like a world where people liked what I liked and I could meet other people who were into that. It felt like a light went on in my body that I didn't know had never been on to begin with. And then figuring out that like it was a gift I could give to other people through my work was just like blew my mind. And then seeing the response from clients, how appreciative they were, was just like, it was so beautiful. It was amazing. I was like, oh my God, I can live a life where I beat up men consensually and then teach women and men about their own personal power through yoga and like do voice work it just it's just been like the most amazing and beautiful journey has colton's journey come to a heartbreaking end i really hope but nothing for the best for this man colton went back cassie's heart can you explain the plot of this final episode of the bachelor so the plot for the bachelor is uh a young man who is currently grappling with the most shameful secret that america has deemed possible which is being a virgin and he has to lose his virginity by the end of the show or else he'll still be a virgin. Um, and he falls for a girl who is an opportunist and concerned about her Instagram following who sees that he likes her. So instead of just being straightforward with, her, with him about her feelings, she ditches him and gets him to perform massive gestures of love in order to win her back. And then it works and they live happily ever after in separate apartments. Oh my God, they're gonna make him have sex? This is mean. This isn't nice. You can't do that to someone. This is what toxic masculinity is. This is toxic masculinity. It's shaming this man for being a virgin and then forcing him to lose his virginity on national television. PSA, it is okay to be a virgin. Like, why is that the theme of this show? You seemed kind of disturbed by how the show treated virginity. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, I just, I, I just think that, like, the whatever way you choose to express your sexuality is the right way. That's it. Like, there is no other answer. So when you have a show that's revolving around a dude losing his virginity, it's like, fuck you. Like, fuck you and your standards. Like, if that dude wants to stay, a, like, a virgin, like, let him. Like, if his kink is just, like, sucking on girls' toes till he's, like, 56 years old and then decides that he wants to put his dick in a vagina, then, like, all the power to him. It only gets weird when it's not consensual. 
you know, when you're not respecting boundaries. But like, I don't know, for some people, like their sexuality is like milk baths and red wine and, and, and breast massage. You know, it's like, it's just this idea that like the only sex that's valid sex is penis and vagina is just so harmful because it just closes everyone off from like the full experience of their bodies. So you're saying that there's shame around virginity, but there's also shame around kink. There is such a stigma, like God forbid a man be submissive. Like there is so much stigma around that. The fact of the matter is that you, we are beings who have sexual desires and they go everywhere. I have like one client that literally just wants to like suck my toes. You know, that's it. Like there it's other, other. And it's so funny because they always come in and they're like, this must sound really weird. And I'm like, it really doesn't like it really doesn't like whatever fucking weird shit you think you're into. I can guarantee you that other people are in it too, but we just don't talk about it. I had one client who was like really good looking dude, like super cool. And he was like, you know, I just can't tell women that I date that I'm into this. I have some clients whose wives or girlfriends send them to me. They don't want to like spank them or, or paddle them or flog them. I I mean, like to me, that's so fucking cool that you could be in a relationship and love someone and just like have that kind of like self-confidence to be like, I know my boundaries. I know like what I'm comfortable with sexually. And like, I understand that you have your desires and needs and I want to make sure they get like filled. So I want you to go see someone like, it's the same way that like, if you need a massage, like, are you going to shame your partner because they are not like a good masseuse? Like, that's just crazy to me. But we, that's what you're doing when you shame someone for their kinks. It's like, no, you're not, you're not into it. Fine. Your relationship is perfect. Otherwise, great. Okay. Then like send them for an adjustment every once in a while. It could be such an open, freer world if we kind of like talked about it more. You make it sound so easy. Like, where's the disconnect? Sex and money are two of the most, uh, are, are the most heavily weighted topics in society the way that i think about it again it's almost like from a more yogic perspective is that everything's an energy exchange when you're in a relationship there's a give and take there's always like a balance happening and then for me what i think of sex work is is that you're you're getting financial compensation for physical labor which i think is totally valid but it's just this you know expectation that we should just be giving it away from for free or that you know a man is less of a man because he pays for it one of my friends client is a widower he was married for i think 25 years so he's not really wanting to get in another relationship but he has needs for him it's not even sexual he likes companionship and he likes rope play so um, she's his rope bunny. Um, but what he can offer is money. He can financially compensate for their, for their time. And I just, it breaks my heart that, you know, we can't accept that as a valid currency. Oh, look at, he's so nervous. He's got the redness on his neck. How can anyone not love you? You're adorable. I just love him. He's so sweet. Look at that face. He looks like a little puppy dog. He's got little dimples too. He's a little muppet. Oh, he's so obedient. So another thing that you noticed a lot was like Colton's obedience. You mentioned like, oh, he's so obedient. You like love that. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm a dominatrix. So I I love submissive men and I, and I'm biased. So I do think that all men um, are on a submissive scale. I, I think what I love about men and the secret about men that I think a lot of women don't realize is that whether they want to admit it or not, they love to serve. 
Like they love it. And I had a mentor who's a professional dominatrix and she always said that a man will do anything to make you laugh, smile or come. And I think that like can apply so much. I mean, with someone like Colton, like he seemed like he just really took pleasure from like serving her. And just, and it's so funny because it's like, I don't, I don't even know if he's into kink. Like that might just be who he is as a person. And I just, I just think that's really, I just think there's something really endearing when a man is comfortable enough in his masculinity to just come to a woman and be like, how can I be of service? You know, like what, what do you need? Like, and it just, it just was really cute. I liked it. And you didn't seem crazy about Cassie? No, not at all. I mean, I, I haven't been watching the show, but like, it just, um, I, I get a bit per, like protective of men. I, 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 um, I think I see their vulnerability in a way that some other women might not. Um, is it your work that has made you see the vulnerability of men or like, where did you get that perspective? To be honest, I always saw it. Um, and it would come out in high school that I had a lot of male friends. I would see the vulnerability of like how genuine their love can be, how quick they are to fall. Um, I, yeah. And I think I've just always saw that and I really appreciated it and kind of felt a need to defend it to other women, which has cost me like female friendships, I guess, but then has served me professionally because I'm in a job where on paper, I'm degrading them and putting them in their place, but they know that I'm doing it from a space of wanting what's best for them. Can you talk about that a little bit more about, you said knowing what's best. So this is strictly coming from BDSM world. And and so like, I'm not going to speak to like vanilla land everywhere, but in my line of work, seeing what they want as far as like kink and fetish and, and sexually speaking as sort of like a sexual fantasy, like, you know, like do they, do they fantasize about a woman in, in pleather or PVC or fishnets like that kink, like seeing how that fantasy can be fulfilled for them because they're not getting it in other areas of their life or, or maybe they just don't feel comfortable asking for it in their vanilla life. You know, it's the same way we go to a movie like you might not want to be a marvel character but it's fun to live that life for two hours you know so like for some of my clients that's totally what it is it's just an hour of fantasy play for them but then also as a dominatrix usually a lot of my submissives want to be trained or 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 contained and then it's finding different assignments or tasks or even in the session themselves like coming up with protocol that they have to follow or ways to speak to me and address me and or sometimes it's a task to take outside the session you know there i had one client write a paper on sesta fosta and sesta fosta so sesta fosta is stop enabling sex traffickers act and then fosta is fight online sex trafficking act before online on let's say on facebook right you would post that you're selling a couch and someone would contact you and buy that couch and that was it whereas after this law came out Facebook was responsible for whatever was being posted onto their site. So it got the the hosting sites involved. So basically the idea is that the government wanted to stop sex trafficking, which I will say does happen. It happens. It's a problem. SESTA-FOSTA 
is not the way to solve it because what happened then is that these sites where people, where sex workers would post their ads, those sites could be held responsible for hosting ads for sex work, which could be illegal if you're offering full service. Um, so they got shut down. But what was also happening is that these sites like Backpage and stuff like that, they were also a place where sex workers could talk openly about clients that they had. They could say if they had a bad experience, if someone didn't pay. It was also um, gave you more breadth of where you could look for clients. Um, and a lot of these women don't have, pla and a lot of sex workers don't have places to advertise. So they're getting, they're losing clients, losing money. They're getting forced onto the street. Like it's been incredibly problematic. Oh my God, I'm so surprised. Oh, I won, bitch. Oh my God, I don't like her. What? I'm so shocked. Oh, all she's doing right now is she's like thinking like her Instagram followers are going up. She's like, oh my God, I've won. I've won. I've won. And I just have to pretend to like him. So Instagram, it's come up a few times on this podcast and you caught on quickly that Cassie might be on the show hoping for Instagram fame. But tell me a little bit about your beef with the site. So Instagram almost got this weird like cookie cutter filter all over it where unless you were posting avocado toast or your two-year-old soccer game or your slim fast milkshake diet ad they don't really want to see your body i know a dominatrix who had nothing scandalous on her instagram she has been working for like a decade. She specializes in foot fetishes. She had almost 10,000 followers and they shut her down. Um, there was uh, a stripper I know who's also a stand up comedian. Um, she had her account shut down and it was a total fucking joke. Like she doesn't post pictures of her stripping. It was just like, here's a woman who participates in the sex trade, we can't have her on this public forum. My Instagram was very tame and I just woke up on a Sunday and my account was gone. It was wiped out. It wasn't even like I could do anything about it. They just decided that I didn't exist as a person and they deleted it. Um, they said I didn't follow community guidelines, but I never posted anything that was like against their rules. And then they've recently just changed those rules to say that if anything's of a sexual nature, which hello, Kim Kardashian, like what? Like why is that allowed to be? It's like the plastic version of sexuality is okay, but like real sexuality, like a connected sexuality between two people that's like consensual and honest and raw is like too much for them. So they need to like delete it and get rid of it and be like, no, no, no. If you didn't like spend like $12,000 on like this skincare product and like aren't starving yourself and like don't have some ounce of self-loathing and like someone isn't profiting from it, like, no, it can't be there. Really makes me fucking angry because it just, it's, it's what it's doing on a greater, bigger level is that it's taking the Cassies of the world and shoving down that standard of beauty and that style of behavior and of interacting with men and that lifestyle choice um, as like something that is good and should be rewarded and should be um, aspirational. And it's taking everyone who falls outside of that binary, outside of that lifestyle, outside of that genetic makeup 
and telling them that they don't deserve to be heard or seen. You can follow Lady Isabel on Twitter at Lady Isabel Ivy or on her new, now private Instagram, The Isabel Ivy. To our studio audience, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And of course, to you, Bachelor Nation, we couldn't do this without you. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm Chris Harrison. Good night, everybody. That's the end of this season of The Bachelor, so that's all for this season of Bachelor First Impression. Thanks for listening.